and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. Welcome everybody to Monk If You Love Wrestling Podcast. Introducing first. From someplace far away, he is very nice, very evil, CJ. Being accompanied by his best friend from wherever, Rain, whatever, Freshly Squeeze, T-B-C. Who's next? He is a Hollywood hunk. Spence? And now, the best in the Honk If You Love Wrestling podcast begins this week in all its glory. Whole lot to talk about in the subjective art form of professional wrestling. We got myself, Mr. Rizzo, TVZ, Spence, and CJ in the house, ready to talk about wrestling. We got the hottest thing that I believe is going on this week uh, out in the community. People talking about the tag team division with the PWI 100. And we got a lot of people breaking that down, but we're going to hear what Spence has to say first. That's right. The Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, Top 100 Tag Team Ranking List for 2022 is out. Uh, they used to do 50. Now they've expanded up to 100. PWI takes kayfabe factors and kind of fix, uses it to kind of get into the rankings. And so obviously their number one, the hottest tag team in wrestling this year is, of course, the Usos. And I don't think any of us are going to argue with that. Uh, you know, they're the ones. They're not going to – they're they're the undisputed. Ooh, they are not the undisputed. I, I believe it's undisputed. They have both Raw H- and SmackDown. Hush two. Hush two. The ones <laughs> okay. are talking. Um, okay. They only, have, they only have two belts, correct? How many How many belts does FTR have at the moment? Ooh. Oh, that, that, is my, that is my point. Ah. Now, boys, boys. We're jumping in just a little too quickly, I think. Let's make sure that we have a really good idea when we're looking at this list of 100, what the criteria actually is. As Spence mentioned, it does mention, uh, it does uh, include a lot of the kayfabe, but it really does focus on the in-ring achievement of these performers, the influence on the sport that they have or their promotion, their actual technical ability, the quality of the competition that they are going against, and how much activity they have. So those are all the factors that go into it. And I have to agree with you. As as active as the Usos have been, and as dominant as they've been as part of the bloodline, they 100% deserve to be that number one spot. They are the ones. We are all the twos. They're the hottest tag team in wrestling right now. You'd be hard-pressed to find someone who's talking wrestling, who's not talking about that bloodline storyline, whether it's from the lens of Sami Zayn, whether it's from the head of the table, Roman Reigns, whether it's from the Usos becoming the longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history. And so I don't think you can argue with this. TBZ. What time frame is this list from? So the time frame for this list is October 1st of last year to September 30th of this year. So it's okay. from October to September. Uh, yeah, it would have ended. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it ends right as the Usos are getting ready to take over that uh, reign is a lot longest reign from from the new day. Well, right not just that no, happened a like a week or two ago, didn't it? It was, I think it was a few weeks ago, but still, it's in that general time frame where they're still creeping up on that record. They they are on the, the rise. You are correct. Yeah, that's what 
you stole the words out of my mouth. Creeping up on that on that longest reigning title right now, and so that's honestly, I think you'd argue that they were the sole they were the focus of that storyline around October first. So I think they peaked right at the right time in order to to top this list. To put this into perspective, this is around Clash at the Castle time. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah, that's when this list would be closed. Yep. Uh, Mr. Rizzo. I'm going to be kind of lazy and just stick to the internet with the uh, the tweets. And uh, the first uh, FTR, I believe, tweeting out that uh, they've been feeling oozy since 2019. And, uh, you know, we've been hearing back from, from I think it was Jay, saying uh, a lot of salty tag teams out there looking down on the ones, uh, or looking up at the ones is what I meant to say. Um, but, yeah, we have uh, we had some fun with that. And I believe... One of the other teams on the list was uh, the Briscoes talking about how the fact that they mentioned if they were uh, not banned from TV, they might be higher on the list. But yeah, that's all I yeah, that's all I got. You're you're absolutely right. The Briscoes went out and their tweet was, "Imagine if we weren't banned from TV." Usos my ass. Hashtag them boys. And listen, for two chicken farmers from Delaware, I guess they do put on quite a show, but. You've got to take kayfabe into account. The Briscoes haven't been on television. They lost their titles at uh, one of the earliest Tony Khan Ring of Honor pay-per-views to FDR. And they're just not really as relevant as they wanted. They're a great tag team, but I think you've got to look at this list, and there's really not much to argue with. TBZ? I kind of think I have to side here with the fact that maybe FTR should be higher on this list. They're talking about after Forbidden Door when didn't they win? Wasn't that their third title that they won finally? So now well, they Forbidden had Door was belts. in the summer, so this ends. It was in, in June, yeah, yeah. But it, what I'm getting at is it's it. That's why I asked for the time frame because it matters. You're talking seven star FTR? Yes, I am talking the same. Uh, <laughs> I think the Usos solidify themselves as number one after September. We're talking about when they defeat the longest reigning title. That when did that happen? After this list. TBZ, I see that, but I raise you the fact that FTR post uh, Forbidden Door was largely absent from AEW television rampage. They didn't really have much of a storyline. So while they were hot in the summer, that that star considerably cooled down, I think, by the time this list. But what was the reasoning for that? I don't, I, you know, I, I don't think I got Were they I, you defending know, I think, one of their three championships that they have? Because I'd understand that, and I think that should go towards them, uh, like for them on this list. They are, they've got multiple belts. Sure. A lot now, of people if, are demanding their time. If you are, uh, I would say that more people are demanding the Usos' time than FCR's time. If you take a look at where their belts are from, they have the, what, the AAA belts, the, mm-hmm. um, what, Ring of Honor belts? No. Oh, uh, they yeah, do those two. That's belt. four yes. now. But uh, no, the I- IGWP. Okay, there we are. Um, eh, they're and then the AEW. Less- so you're snubbing your nose at New they're Japan and the AEW. AEW champions. They're not the AEW champions. Oh, there you're right. No, that's the Ring of Honor that I'm thinking of. Yes, it's Ring it's of Honor. Technically AEW. Funny you bring up the AEW <laughs> champions because the acclaimed who are our current AEW champions, they are number 20 on this list, which especially considering when this list ended... They they had those two banger matches, two honker matches, excuse me, at All Out and Grand Slam, and so it's you kind are of forgiven, my son. Thank you. Kind of interesting. <laughs> so, low, uh, uh, CJ, I cut you off. I apologize. I don't remember what I was saying. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, let's I, I go don't know. Man. I, could, I was in the middle of something, and I I don't remember. Well, I, sorry. I think we've said enough about at least the Usos and FTR. We can, you know, it's 
it's the Coke Pepsi debate we're going on right now. What I really want to call out the 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 horrid uh, stain on this list, the acclaimed, kind of low number twenty. That's what I was just saying. Twenty, even though they they I'd say top fifteen. I I would agree with you. Those especially the la- latter half of this year, that September, excuse me, that August September time period, they had two absolute honkers, both at All Out and Grand Slam. They got the titles. Scissoring is the hottest thing in professional wrestling since telling your teacher to suck it in eighth grade study hall. I don't know what else you want. Sure. It's factual. It's true. I, as a teacher, I hear it all the time, every single day. You can't walk through the halls without hearing "Scissor me, daddy ass." One kid says another. It's so weird. It's so weird. So yeah, I, I uh, sorry, I might trash this list a little bit, little bit. But CJ, what were the parameters of this list again? Uh, so the parameters of the list list, it's the the achievement that they have in the ring, like like their their belts and things like that. Mm-hmm. How much influence they have on the promotion or the sport, um, okay. their their technical ability. So you know, in ring, uh, the quality of the competition that they are that they face. So I guess promotions is really going to have a, a thing to do with it, and and how much activity they have. I, I believe okay. those are the five. So so the list that we're talking about, the one where we didn't like it, claims is twenty, which I which I might agree. Um, I would agree it's, with it's, your assessment that he's not 20. Number 19 on the list is Sasha Banks and Naomi. What? Oh, my! Could it be? It is! It's Correct. It's it's rough. And I was I was going to kind of also bring too that low. point up. It's, it's far too high as far as impact and, and everything like that. You take a look at the acclaimed who have been active and revolutionizing AEW. Granted... It's AEW. It's not WWE. Got some people ahead of them that probably should be below them. Aren't they the WWE Women's Tag Champions? Well, not anymore. Ever since they left work it, on this list, aren't they the champions? No when did damage they lose control. Their belts? Damage. They gave up their belts. Remember, there was that whole thing where they walked out of Raw. Right. When did that before. happen? Yeah, that happened. I want to say in like August. Okay. Yeah. So it definitely happened in this thing. Well, up, leading up to the point I'm getting at is I feel like, you know, somebody might be being like, well, I mean, WWE, they're a credible source and they're the champions of that tag division, the whole division, like not just Raw or SmackDown. I wouldn't be surprised if part of uh, them being on this list so high is, again, uh, CJ, you brought up part of the criteria here is how much have people have been talking about them? What do they think? And just that whole angle, or is it an angle of them vacating the belts, walking away, did keep them kind of in the public eye and in the rumor mill a lot longer than just simply being the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions probably would have. I'm done with the list. The Good Brothers are above the Young Bucks at seven. And, and they did walk out in May. They walk May. out May 17th. Mr. Rizzo, I may concede to your point, given the fact damage control is on this list, and how are they not higher than Naomi and Sasha Banks? I think we're, gentlemen, to quote my favorite uh, fake movie scientist, Dr. Emmett Brown, we're not thinking fourth dimensionally. Remember, this goes (laughs) from last. 4D chess. Remember, this list goes from last October to this September, meaning for most of that year, Naomi and Sasha were. Okay, I'm done with talking about that. Did the Good Brothers have anything else besides the Ring of of Honor titles in the past? They were Impact champions for a while. They read. Yeah, they uh, were. Yeah, they were seventh on the list. They were above the Young Bucks. That's all I'm saying. I'm done with the damn list. Listen, I just, Mr. Rizzo, I don't know what to tell you. Sour Boy's the worst. I can't help it that he's on the list. Oh, my God. Sour Boy's the worst. Sour Boy's the worst. <laughs> just one thing I do want to point out before leaving this list. Street Profits, good for you, but also better than Aussie Open. 
Will Ospreay makes Aussie Open. I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt for the for the Good Brothers that they may have done something in New Japan and they have a larger audience between doing the two different promotions. But I don't believe they had a title. I thought they only had the Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor title, so that's why I was questioning it. You if keep saying the Ring of Honor, Mr. Rizzo. They were Impact champions. Ring of Honor, the Briscoes Aussie had Open? it. Okay, so no, yeah. I'm just saying if they had a, a New Japan title, I might have understand some of the top ten ranking. Mm-hmm. But at seven, to only have the, that title, I'm just surprised for them being that high with the exposure that we were talking about and what CJ had mentioned. Uh, hey, so... Let's move away from the list, the PWI list, and move Ooh. into the you and I list, meaning Ooh. well done. Transition. Who are our favorite tag teams of all time? If we I'm were making need our, our all after that. Oh, oh, sir. Transition. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a second to talk about our favorite tag teams of all time. And I'm I'm I'd like us all to go around and share any any era in history, wrestling history, that is. Who are your favorite tag teams? Uh, I can start us off. To this go. is conveniently time because I was just about to give away mine, like haphazardly. Oh, but you wouldn't ooh. have known it was mine. Yeah. Ooh, huh. Well, let me go ahead and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say mine. It's actually a tag team that I think we were all excited for, and then didn't actually end up going or due to an injury. And of course, I'm talking about the Can They Coexist tag team of Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan, Kurt Angle's illegitimate son. They went on a run. They were tag team champions. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I say. Listeners, uh, CJ rolled his eyes so hard that I think another hurricane just started in oh, Florida. Man. Because of it. <laughs> Ridiculous, man. man I thought, and, <laughs> no. Here I thought you were going to say Strowman and Nicholas. Oh, Strowman and Nicholas, also high in the list. No, actually, They're one of so, my... O-L-I. <laughs> my, <laughs> my favorite tag team of all time is a, is a Can They Coexist tag team, but it was fun. It's from the Attitude Area. I'm talking, of course, about my main man. The Rock and Sock Connection. That's right. Mankind. Wingmen? And, no, not the Wingmen. No, <laughs> unfortunately, they didn't make my my list. Uh, the Rock and Sock Connection hit as a tag team. They had a really interesting and fun storyline. I, I said this last week when we talked about theme music. I was a huge Mankind mark. Uh, to this day, Mick Foley's my dude. I love the, the faces of Foley. I love everything he does. I even love his weird documentary about how much he loves being Santa Claus. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's worth a holiday watch. But... When The Rock and Mankind got together in a, The Rock is too cool for this guy, and yet for some reason they won the tag belts, and so they have to stay keep together, even though he annoys the crap out of him. It was so much fun to watch. It was so it was so fun to go back to and re-listen. It gave us, you know, The Rock Bottom and Mr. Sacco in tandem, and it's something that I will never forget in all of my wrestling fandom. All right, who wants to who wants to share theirs next? No, no, and I love that. I absolutely love that because he was still Mankind at the time. He was still mm-hmm. working on that transition to Mick Foley, and mm-hmm. The Rock helped, hum- uh, helped humanize him. You know, he, <laughs> yeah. made, he made him, like, feel like a, like a person, and it was different because Mankind came out, and, and he put that mandible claw on The Undertaker and made him cough up that white, whatever, the, the, the itmus fluid, as they called it. And it was scary <laughs> as a kid. This guy was deranged, and I didn't even know him as Cactus Jack at the point. Mm-hmm. At that point, I was still too young for that. So it took this monster and made him into somebody that's a little bit more lovable, and we'll never forget those, those unprotected chair shots to the head, which really <laughs> pushed him over the, the top to become you know, Mick. CJ, you talking about Mick Foley? I'm talking about Mick. Yeah. Not, not Mankind, right? Not Mankind. <laughs> <'Cause> he, <laughs> was he Mankind at that point yet? No, he, he was. 
I, I think we're thing- clear on that because we got to we got to be careful about what we say. That's yes, all I'm saying. <laughs> I think the I think the other thing that that I love about the Rock and Sock connection, looking back on it now, as an adult who who sees the people that were a part of the Attitude Era as human beings with with their faults and, and things to be celebrated, was that Mick Foley and I, I've said this again at his heart is a good dude. If you've ever read his biography, have a nice day. You know that he is just a great guy who just loves wrestling. So the fact that this average guy, even though he was uh, wrestling teammates back in his high school days with Kevin James, that's a fact. Look it up. It is a fact. Um, mm-hmm. That he got to be strapped to the most entertaining man in sports entertainment, The Rock, and they were able to make wrestling history together. It's just, it makes you feel good to talk it, about the, the Rock does. and Sock connection. It makes you feel good. And I, I love oh, that yeah. story. So Absolutely. No, no. If, if I may, I will go ahead and, and I'll take the, uh, the next. Oh, no, no. Go ahead, TBZ. It's after you. After you, brother. Uh, no, if you got it, go for it, dude. Oh, well, I just wanted to stay in the attitude era. I was era. Up ter- internally. I was like, I- I'll go next. No one else wants to go next. <laughs> so, Mr. Rizzo, may I ask, are you sticking with the attitude era? Because I don't want to jump on one of yours. Probably not. Probably not. Okay, so it was a tie. I can't I can't choose one of the two. It was during he the He doesn't even time. ask me. He's just like, Mr. Rizzo, oh, I, I got to pick your team. I know it's not you. I know you're not going to pick either of these guys. Fair. Um, but, but they were feuding. They were, they were sort of feuding. They were sort of friends. I'm going to say uh, D-Generation, well, the New Age Outlaws in uh, specific, the New Age Outlaws, but they are rivaled. They are trumped by the Outsiders uh, in WCW uh, as a faction, as part of the NWO. Uh, even before they even became the NWO, and they were the outsiders, they even instituted a rule uh, because Nash and Hall were so dominant that they just looked at each other. They didn't even need to tag in and out. They just looked and one walked in because they were in such close proximity. They dominated tag teams. It was the way wrestling should have been done. You got the workhorse of Hall. You got big, sexy Kevin Nash ready to lay that big boot and that powerbomb down. It It was gold. And with the New Age Outlaws, it just... Always that pop when you're a young kid. Oh, you didn't know? And I'm you better gonna... tell somebody. I am sick. Your ass better call somebody. It's oh, okay. I got it wrong. Dang it. It's okay, but we're going to keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. So those were my. That this was is my payback day. for me for me calling you out for saying the uh, the walls of Jericho thing last week. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, I I'll go next, and I think I'd like to play a little game with you guys. I'll give you guys three guesses to to uh, figure out what my tag team is. I don't think you guys will be able to think of this team. Okay. So I went ahead and and I did. Uh, TBZ mentioned that he was going to go ahead and, and let us guess on the air. Um, and I went ahead and I, I shot my first guess out, and I actually thought it was going to be Alpha Academy because of how much TBZ loves to shoosh people. Shoosh! And some- we all love to shoosh someone. Let's get we- real. We do, and like I said, as a teacher, I haven't done that, but I swear to you, every time a student hands in a paper, I say, thank you! Thank you! Thank you! A lot. I like that one. I guess my guess would be swerving your glory. No. But good good guess. Good guess. All right, I've got got one. I I think this has to be. They're not a good tag team. They don't work well together. 
This is a, a little bit of a cheap, because it's not really a tag team, but it's a trio, and it's not even the most recognizable form of this trio. I'm, of course, talking about The Shield, but not just any The Shield. I'm talking about TLC 2017, when Roman Reign had the mumps, and so they replaced Roman Reign with Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, yes, baby! <laughs> Angle's Shield! The American Of course that's it, right? Even has to, I, I will gladly There's say no. His birthday on SmackDown this Friday. That's mm-hmm. right, Kurt Angle's birthday. Now, I, I do have another guess, but I want to see if TVZ will give us a hint before before I guess, because I have an idea. I think I don't think it's going to be right, but sure. I'll make it easy for you. They're not an active team. They're not on the active roster. They're not on the active roster. Yes. Okay. That takes away what I was going to say. Let. <laughs> I was going to guess DIY. I thought I was going to go with DIY. I thought that Chompa. Not a bad I, guess. No, that's, that's kind of what I was going to go with, but. Um, I think I'm stumped. I think TBZ stumped the CJ. <laughs> you know, What's my the, real uh, name actually rhymes way better than what, yeah, well, what I was going to say. Yeah, if you used real name, that <laughs> I know. I was like, <laughs> he was about to. I was. <laughs> Any guesses, anybody? Any takers? Um, the Any Mega Powers. Clues? Ho- Hogan and Savage. No. Okay. Any, any clues? It's an NXT tag team. It had to have been. But what NXT is it? The, is it the Ascension? No. Ooh, that oh, oh, I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. I, I know it. You want to say it at the same time? Do you want to say it at the same time, CJ? Good housekeeping. Uh, hold on. I can't think of their names. Uh, okay. It's one. the Fashion Police. Fashion Police. The Dog and Breeze. That is, that's is a good guess. It is oh. incorrect, though. <laughs> that, that means Spence and I had the same idea, though. Okay. TBZ. Oh. Let her rip, baby. Let Wait. Her rip. Sponsored by Beyblade. Oh, let, let it rip. Do not let it rip. Beyblade, let it rip. Well, I was uh, another clue I was going to give was I, I realized I kind of dressed in a in a way to give away what team it would be. This is a Miz shirt. Uh, the reason why that is a clue because the, the B, B team, team, aka the <laughs> Miz-tourage. the B team, <laughs> do, do, do. B I team. Loved the B no, team. No, Favorite no. moment of them is because I love the leaders of world. They they are an OLI by the way. They did a parody of the leaders of worlds when they were rivaling them for the tag belts. <laughs> oh good. I do got to point out not their fight song. <laughs> original music that they had was a honker like i loved i loved it it was great stuff It was very, it was, it was very Viking experience. Like when they had that, and then they switched to that fight song. You're like, what the? Wait, that's the, what did you do? I think it was called Battle Scars. It's like yes, Huge Battle Scars. Yes. Because you're like, yeah, we're gonna be a great team, and they're gonna dominate. How great would it be that your tag team division would be ruled by the B team, not the A team? <laughs> then they turned into a joke. I'll never forget the B team had that had that little gimmick where they made their own shirts with Sharpies and Hanes beefy tees, but then they sold them on Shop WWE for like thirty five dollars. I went like, oh, to boy. I went to a raw show and I handmade my own. I took Sharpie to a white tee <laughs> as one should. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Needless Tony to say, it bled through. That was a terrible <laughs> idea. And it was definitely... <laughs> after I turned off the shirt, I'm like, what's on my... Oh, I'm an idiot. Some say the B is still on, on TBZ's just this day. Uh, TBZ, that, that segment you're talking about where they, they mimicked the, the leaders of the world is extra funny yes. when you remember that Bo Dallas is Bray Wyatt's brother uh, IRL. And yes. So it's just him doing a, an impression it's of It's like, man, he sounds really like him. How did mm-hmm. he do that? <laughs> <laughs> Years of experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I love the B team. It's just, it's like, it's so wacky. Uh, I kind of wish that, like, to me, it was like I wanted, like, that's what I wanted Orange Cassidy to be. It was like wacky and zany, but like they still found a way to be relevant and uh, like win matches and stuff. And that's that rivalry had me believing. It had me a believer. And uh, I mean, emphasis on the B and believer. Yeah. For- <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Uh, uh, Mr. Rizzo, you got one to add to this list? Yes, yes. I'll get started as we see CJ get into the prone position. Uh, he's getting ready for something over there. That's fun. Uh, I like yeah, that. I like God that energy. Right. Yes, I'm God keeping right. that energy up with my OLI of uh, Team Hell No. Uh, I kind of kind of liked Team Hell No. That was fun. Um, Hell no. <laughs> old school, you know, Dudley Boys. That was a, that was a fun one. But I don't think you're going to like my, my favorite team because it doesn't exist. didn't work out too well. But it was really hot for one minute, and then it wasn't. Um, and that was Enzo and Cass. Um, I kind of really liked the whole – I liked Enzo coming out. I liked, uh, I liked him talking. He was a great talker on the mic. And then just hearing S-A-W-F-T, soft, just popped the crowd. Surprisingly soft. So soft. Yeah. You know what we did with these soft hands last night? Soft. It's so soft. It's so soft. Super soft. These mamas are soft. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun time. So I just, I kind of liked it. Uh, yeah, well, yes. Aside hey, Mr. Rizzo, the problematic fucking problem, <laughs> the problematic issues with that tag team. No, well, they, they, they were weren't great. a problem when they were a tag team. But once they were no longer a tag team in the company, then they were a problem. Oh, oh Mr. Yeah. Rizzo, can I tell a personal story real quick about you? Sure. Silence. One of, the, one of the one of the first like conversations you and I had one on one was the day of your brother's wedding when we were walking in Olean, New York, to a mall to go play air hockey, and before it was time to get ready. That's kind of why I like this it. tag team. I like where what, this is going. What you, the fuck is this story? You uh, just wait. You you spent the entire walk talking about your best man speech, which was an amalgamation, uh, amalgamation, excuse me, of various wrestling uh, tropes and entrances, and that was when you, in the middle of a highway, did the S A W F T thing to me a gentleman who hadn't watched wrestling in like 15 years up to that point to my utter confusion and also i believe we were 10 beers in at that point uh walking away so i just saw a drunk mr rizzo on the side of a highway going and you can't teach that (laughs) (laughs) well i actually don't remember this part i thought you were just gonna highlight the fact that i used the very beginning of it in the best man speech Mm -hmm. of saying like uh, my name is mr rizzo and i am the best man and you can't, can't teach, teach that. Okay, man. I got that out of the way. Let's get serious with the, the thing. That's how I started the best man speech. My brother's going to love that. Um, so, yes, it was a good time. We didn't have it on video anywhere, so you can't see how much of an idiot I am. But I do have the speech written down somewhere. I'll try to pull it up, and you guys can check it out sometime. But, yeah, that's kind of why I had a little sentimental liking that. 
I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, so, but it didn't work out. It, I'm almost ashamed that that's the tag team that didn't make it. <laughs> what could have been? Listen, uh, now that, um, uh, what's Cass's name in AEW right now? Why can't I think of it? Ah, Morrissey. W. Yeah, Morrissey. The, yeah, W. Morrissey, whatever his name is, is in AEW with the firm. There's a, any chance that Enzo could also show up now that no. he's been... Legally, legally cleared of all charges. Fucking Luigi, <laughs> Luigi Primo was on uh, AEW, so oh, anything can happen. Anything can happen. If we're gonna jump into the nation of speculation, it is Just my only. It. It, it is my only surprise that I'm hoping for the Royal Rumble is to hear Enzo's music. It's the only thing I would actually pop for this year because everything else that which will happen, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, that's gonna happen. If Enzo's music comes, I will legit pop. That's that's my yeah. I'll, that's my Alberto Del Rio moment, okay, CJ? Vince is back. <laughs> so is Enzo. I guess we're actually gonna... full stop. I mean, Enzo and Cass started in NXT. Is Enzo a, a Triple H guy? He had to at least get the Triple H point at one point. That's you all. Know, if we're gonna go into this. I was just reminded today of how many people came from NXT. Like, mm-hmm. well, to Seth be fair, Rollins. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I was just going to say that I, with with Triple H, you got to remember, he did marry his wife as she was unconscious at a Vegas drive through hotel. Good guy. So, I mean, it, that's a little problematic. It's true. That is factually how Triple H is. <laughs> well, the <laughs> didn't see it, so. Oh, the didn't see it. <laughs> Wasn't the in the back seat? It's, this is canon. No, you're yep. right, TVZ. So many, so many tag teams did come from NXT. Sorry, not tag teams. So many Just superstars. Just, yeah, current days. Roman Reigns. He was on this NXT bit, too. I mean, uh, Daniel Bryan was on the old game show version of the of NXT back when it was like a reality show. And not was Bobby a Lashley from NXT? He was not. I believe Bobby Lashley's MMA. Wow. Like okay. He, All right. Bobby, well, Bobby Lashley, who in kayfabe is Donald Trump's favorite wrestler. Yeah. Uh, Lashley transitioned to MMA. Hate him even more now. Uh, WWE, and then he came on back after he got that mean streak and proved himself. Have you ever seen his fights? That man was dominant. That man he was, was dominant. Mm-hmm. Bobby. He's he's like the inverse Lashley? CM Punk. He went to MMA and succeeded. When is he almost not dominant? Dom. Dom. Never mind. I'm done. Dominant. Dominant. <laughs> When 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 she's your mammy, technical difficulties <laughs> dominant. <laughs> Jeez, that was good. That was good. I missed that I'm one. Leading into WWE, I like it. I like my contribution to that one. That was well done. It was great. Great work, everyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we can put a pin in that segment. Yeah, I think now it's uh, time to get into the meat and potatoes. Talking about WWE versus AEW. Uh, this is kind of just a general coverage uh, of just the differences between the brands you know i feel like on previous episodes i i believe you can hear me saying what are brands these days <laughs> you know I've, I've always thought it's funny to me that survivor series exists because they're feigning this oh it's raw versus smackdown and it's like yeah but it's owned by the same company so it's all eh. and you have real live brands you yeah, have it's... aew you have wwe why like I always wonder, why not just kind of, hey, why don't we like do some business together? I think it would work very well. Either way, getting too far into the weeds on that one. The This whole there's so much segment on that topic. Yes, there's yeah, so exactly. Much. Yeah. So and that's what we're that's what we're getting into now. Um, CJ, CJ, you want to start off or do you want me to take it here? Oh, the differences between AEW and, and WWE. Sure. Yeah. Your, your topic about it. 
Um, my, you know what? Why if don't you not, I could take it. Why I'm just asking. Go, yeah, my topic's a little bit more uh, AEW. That's centric. fine. That's fine. Um, for me, I wanted to touch on the the, the production differences between AEW and WWE. I, I don't know about you, got you fellas, uh, but for me, uh, lately I've been noticing you when, when I bust out the honk on him, or I'm like, what makes a match a good match? And I, I think I've noticed lately that I have to consider things like. What kind of match am I watching? Is it WWE or is it AEW? Uh, it's almost like I have to put on my AEW glasses when I'm rating a match. Uh, there's, you can just if you mash two of those types of matches together, you can see a notable difference. AEW, for instance, it just seems like the wrestlers are just have constant energy. They're always moving. It's real fast. It's it, it's all it's frenetic. Yes, there are times I've watched matches and I've almost gotten concerned for the wrestlers. I'm like, don't. Don't do that move. You can't do that move that fast. What are you doing? You know, it almost feels like a like a child in a family who's trying to be like, hey, look at me. I'm doing weird stuff. You know, they're like they're always getting into trouble doing stunts and stuff like that. It's like, stop that. You're going to hurt yourself. Um, so it's like they're trying to get some sort of attention. Whereas like with WWE, for, for a, it feels a little bit more for lack of a better term, methodical, you know, like I'd ha- hate to say it, but just like slower. And I don't mean in a negative way, but just like it almost feels like they're trying to protect their talent. Like they don't want to do the risky move. You know, it's like do the safe move. Just, you know, make sure that you can get on to the next show and things like that. Um, and there are elements, I'm sure, that plays into that. Like, for instance, we're in the PG era. So, you know, that's obviously got to play into it. They don't want to do dangerous things or do injuries or or whatever. That may play into it. Um, but there is a definite noticeable difference. And I'm seeing everything lighting up. So I'm going to start with Spence. What you got for me? So, uh, TBZ, you brought up match differences. And the best way I've ever heard the difference between WWE match styles and AEW match styles uh, put is this analogy. And that's that WWE is like an Applebee's, a McDonald's, a Burger King. Not in terms of match quality, but in terms of there are hundreds of them all over the country. I can go to anyone. I can order a dish and I know exactly what to expect, what it's going to look like, and it's going to come out the same really no matter what location I'm at. WWE? WWE matches are, for the most part, very similar. They're very homogenous. There is the, you know, there's the type of match, like you said, they're a little more methodical, there's a little more slow, they kind of go at, that's not a bad thing, it works for WWE, and you get some really good spots. No, you're merely, you're merely talking, you're not, you're not talking talking anything. And I do think that, uh, that's the way WWE does it, because WWE is at its heart, I think, a more polished product. They've had, what, 50 years Years of experience to do this. AEW is more like a, a food truck rodeo. You can go to one truck and they're going to have a luchador match. And that's a completely different style match than the young bucks, you know, high spot flying against top flight. The spot fest. That's Flips be and kicks, here. man. Flips and kicks. You can go and you can have your monster Haas matches, your, you know, uh, Lance Archer versus Miro matches where there's just two big men slapping meat. And then you have Eddie Kingston. Co- and uh, what was that other dude? Oh, uh, yeah. From I'm New Japan. His name. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I'm going uh, his name as well. Mad Dog? Bulldog? Oh, the, uh, the Stone Pitbull. There we Stone go. Pitbull. Uh, there we Romero go. Ishii. Yep. Uh, Boom. You can also go and you can see your, I don't want to say a death match, but your hardcore matches, your Darby Allen matches where someone may die. And when you were saying like, oh my God, why are you doing that? And my first thought was Darby Allen. Don't forget <laughs> your Crimson Mask <laughs> matches. Crimson Mask. You're going to get blood. You're going to get, you're going to get uh, jumping through tables. You're going to get coffin flops. Just body after body busting out of shit wood and hitting pavement. So, that's the it's almost difference. like a freak show. It's yeah, like it's a awesome. circus, a cacophony <laughs> of weirdness. 
<laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. You even get comedy matches, your Danhausen matches, your early, as you were saying earlier in the show, Orange Cassidy matches where he would just know, you know, you know, lays yep. his way through it. And so I think that's a real difference there in match drop. WWE, you know what you're going to get day in, day out. Every episode of AEW is different depending on what match you're watching. Uh, CJ, you had something you wanted to say. I did. I think you covered a bunch of that. Um... <laughs> Mr. Rizzo, anything to add? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm really going to go in detail of what I feel about the matches on on the, on the different companies. I I do think their things have changed a little bit with with Triple H taking over than what we had seen in the past with some of the repetitiveness and some of the stuff and a little more risk that we've had. But TBZ is correct with kind of the PG era. But the one thing I'm hoping for, just to look out in the future, um, January. Uh, is coming the Wrestle Kingdom with uh, the new with uh, New Japan, and again I'm not I'm not planning on seeing the entire card, but hoping you guys get to see like three or four of the top matches on that card, and maybe see a little bit of a difference from either one of those companies on how the match styles are actually booked, and see how much of a difference uh, their style is compared to either one of them, and maybe see which ones you tend to go through between the two because I think WWE like has a specific style. And I think AEW is, is a mixture of the two of new Japan and a WWE. So maybe getting that perspective, maybe you can maybe agree with me on that or tell me why that's not the case, Uh, but we'll see that in the future. Uh, uh, CJ, what you got? Well, what you have to consider is something that Spence did mention a little bit earlier, that WWE is absolutely a polished product. It has been around for, I mean, if you want to say 50-plus years, absolutely. I mean, even going back to the <clears throat> pardon me, WWWF days with um, you know, Vince Sr., they have no reason to rock the boats. They are constantly putting out a product that has been number one since uh, the 90s, and AEW is not enough of a threat so far. Now, as far as AEW is concerned, they have everything to prove. They have all of the viewerships to gain, and they are going to put on matches that, you know, sometimes to their detriment involve a lot of blood. But they do put on very creative things. The energy, as you said, is always there. And it's partially to, to keep, you know, for, for viewers that are watching television or flipping through the channels to pick up on that and, and gain that viewership. So, you're absolutely right. Those production those production styles are vastly different, and it's really to the betterment of wrestling in general. I think that when AEW starts to push a little bit more, uh, WWE has to push their game, and that's what WWE is doing right now. You are you are right, CJ. Uh, I mean, AEW every episode is a roller coaster. I mean, there's a reason why on Squared Circle every week there's the what are the ratings this week, and it can range anywhere from 1.2 million to 700 thousand, depending on the show. They have everything that they're trying to figure out. They're trying to build themselves up, and sometimes it feels like they're on a path where they're going, and then sometimes you know viewership wanes when things happen. I also think that like. We're looking at right now an AEW in the modern day, I'm talking about right now, that's rebuilding itself. The brawl out from All Out was something that really, I think, set that company back, and they needed to really reevaluate who they are, what they're trying to do, what their goals are, and now they're going with that. 
there is also the whole anchor of Ring of Honor around their neck in terms of what can we do in our matches? What can we do in our production? What is the show? So much so that today at the call before Dynamite, uh, Tony Khan basically said, hey, after this weekend, because I do believe there's a Ring of Honor pay-per-view this weekend, right? The media call that he had today had to do with the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Yeah. And then he'll have a lot to talk about with the future of Ring of Honor after the pay-per-view on Saturday and maybe the future of the TV deal or what that's going on after the first of the year. But I believe he did make a point of like saying he's going to be separating stuff more of Ring of Honor away from AEW, from Dynamite and Rampage after this week and the the pay-per-view. I, that's what I was going to say. I believe his his thing was like, look, after this week, you will see less Ring of Honor on AEW shows because we don't basically we don't need to promote it the way we need to anymore. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens there in terms of that as well, because I think all of us would agree that Ring of Honor stuff has really swallowed AEW in the last couple of months to the point where I know more about Ring of Honor than I do about who's the, you know, championship, uh, who's the next next in line for the AEW uh, title. So. Yeah, everything's uh, that, pretty muddled. With that, guys, I, I do apologize. I have to jump off. I got a family thing I got to take care of. This was a great talk. I will be back with you next week. I look forward to listening to the rest of the episode with the rest of our viewers. Yeah, we got more so. to talk about, but you'll be back uh, You'll be back next week. We'll see you again soon. Um, but we got a little bit more to keep plowing and uh, keep talking about with uh, with CJ and TBZ here. Uh, before, before I have... Uh, maybe a talk with you guys about Tony Khan and Triple H a little bit. I wanted to talk about the differences maybe that I've noticed in like the schedule or production on how we see some of the overall shows and not so much of just Rampage and Dynamite and then SmackDown, Raw and NXT, but like the wrestlers weekly schedule on maybe what we el- what else we see. Um, I'm not sure what the exact schedule for W for AEW is. But for the most part, I believe they only wrestle two to three days a week, if not just the two days a week. With they, I'm just talking about stuff that they would do for AEW and not stuff for other personal bookings. Whereas WWE, I think they all of the people wrestle four to five days a week. And the point I'm making with that also is how WWE has house shows that aren't canon to what we see on TV. 98% of the time, what happens on those shows does not matter to the TV product. And it's almost a different show altogether. Some of those matches are closer to what TVZ was talking about on some of their work rate, on how they interact with the crowd a little bit more. They have a little bit more energy to them. They might even do a little bit more things because they're not specifically looking at a TV camera. But none of that stuff we ever see. They do stuff before shows that we don't see. Whereas AEW, everything that we see in front of an, an audience, we eventually see on some type of uh, show. Whether it's on YouTube the following week on one of their dark products, or it's later in the week on Rampage. But everything that they do put out, we kind of see in some form. And it's just a little bit different on how their, their schedules are together. Um, so that's one of the biggest differences I've seen the two companies, and I, I kind of remember how that's shot differently as well. I noticed a big difference between the two when I went to live shows, but we'll get to that in later. Um, but Tony Khan versus Triple H between the two of them, um, I'm not really sure how to go about this. I just kind of threw that out as a topic between the two guys. 
Um, uh, I, I meant like there's so many different ways to talk about, you know, where the companies are going on how the guys are, are going to be taking over. I wouldn't say they both – Triple H is more recently taking over the company – TK has only been doing it for three plus years. So it's not like he's been doing it forever either. So they're both relatively new at having these huge multiple or billion dollar corporations that they're plowing into new media. Um, I'm going to stop you right there, Mr. Rizzo. You, you say that Triple H is new to this. He's the He's been the game for a while. All right. He- well, well said. As the Triple H in the game, part of the stuff, but as the actual CEO almost of the product, I was just trying to say it's relatively close to maybe. Uh, you TK are technically in that correct. The best um, kind, after all. <laughs> but like, it's kind of weird. Like, even in looking at it, my perception between the two companies, like a year ago, where Triple H was not in charge, where I thought there was a scale of WWE was plateauing and AEW was slowly growing to maybe catch up to them sometime. And Mm -hmm. now I almost feel with Triple H in charge and doing stuff differently. They've taken off for sure. um, WWE is going higher and AEW might be climbing, but they're walking a lot farther up that hill than they were before. And I guess that's my perception about it. Uh, CJ, do you got anything on that? Maybe like how I feel between those two companies, but maybe the two guys in charge? Yeah, I mean, in general, Triple H is doing a great job, and he has been in the business forever. He has been in, he started out in WCW as Terror Ryzen. He has seen this business from every single angle. He has been getting groomed by Vince McMahon, and I didn't feel comfortable saying that for a very long time. As, Ooh, that was a little slightly. Yeah, it yeah, was. Okay. It was. I'm sorry, but uh, but it, by Stephanie and by Triple Okay, H, Mr. Burns. Yeah, by Stephanie and by Triple H. Uh, sorry, by Stephanie and by Vince to run the company. He has been doing it for, you know, in his head for the last 25 years. He, there's never been a man who's wanted to be in the business more, maybe aside from Ric Flair or Vince himself. I just wanted to point out a thing that Mr. Rizzo had said, saying that, you know, uh, that Triple H is new to running a company. Did we forget about NXT? Wasn't he in charge of that? It was it was recent and Vince still had final say. That was actually, uh, you know, remember when NXT became NXT 2.0 and Vince yes. hated it and tried to demolish it. So, yes, he was running it. But Vince. But what I mean always... to say is it's very tan- it's very similar. You know, it's not like. You know, I think the skills no, that he course, learned running yes. NXT can Transfer translate over. to WWE. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I running, guess running wrestling company A will translate to running wrestling uh, running wrestling company B. It, it absolutely will. Um, it's it was on a slightly smaller scale, but Vince at the McMahon end, man is having cares. a heart attack at the thought that you said that NXT was the <laughs> A brand. Oh, it's true. I it's was true. just more looking at the differences between the two than Triple H. Is definitely has a leg up on TK on that one with the fact that he's been the head booker of a company that's been on TV. Like, he didn't take over. He he was battling them right away when they started on TV. But where NXT really got hot, and it's something that I would like to have a big conversation of, is when they were not a live product. When they were a weekly edited taped segment for like four or five se- and then we saw live pay-per-views like once every two months. That's when it was the hottest. And then as they went live as soon as NXT showed up and Triple H has had the experience to book 
a live show, a tape show for many years. So he's had the leg up on Tony Khan for that. But now they're both in charge of huge media companies that people do they want. I still think Triple H is just is just flying above TK because uh, I actually think I'm not going to go in too much detail, but like there are things that I think WWE could have done with stuff outside of WWE for their media that they never tried or then they did. It didn't work out. And I thought AEW had started to do a little of that. But WWE is having Bianca compete in strong woman competitions and earning her professional card outside of WWE. Before that was one or the other. You couldn't do both. You can't compete. You can't do anything. It's just other promotion to help grow the brand outside. And it's just something that was old school that they didn't really do. And I just kind of like that stuff. So it's just maybe something different that I like what they're doing. CJ, you got something else that, on that? Uh, well, as far as Tony Khan is concerned, Tony Khan absolutely does have the wrestling pedigree in his, in his veins. He's been fantasy booking and being a part of E-Fed since he was a kid. Uh, he has the financial backing to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, he's and, got more than the comp- than WWE, right? Like that's kind of the thing. Like he had more than to than Ted Turner ever did. So his company's sure. gonna succeed. He has the he has his dad's money, and Triple H has the production machine that is WWE. Also his dad's money. <laughs> also his dad's money. Exactly. Yes. Uh, but the pr- production giant that is the WWE universe behind the experience the- as well, the history. Exactly. And Tony Khan does not have that. He's trying to create that. And By buying tape collections, and yes, that's correct. Sure. And and kind of touching back to a topic we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, Tony Khan has had to deal with so many oddball situations in his company's infancy that I have to, you know, just mention that he is an absolute genius. The man has had to deal with injury after injury, uh, issue after issue backstage. He may not be a good manager of a company. He needs a Jim Cornette or, uh, sorry, a William Regal to get that roster and that locker room together to to kind of dish out ass whoopings and put these guys in their places. But as we can see, William Regal also kind of doesn't want to be there. They Tony Khan now has to deal with William Regal leaving, and he did it with grace. He had it. William Regal booked at a storyline with MJF. Granted. If they had more time or if there wasn't some sort of backstage heat that I believe that there has to be, um, they wrote William Regal off immediately. And Tony Khan was asked about that today in his scrum. And he says that he has a lot of respect for him, that he you know, approached AEW and requested not to renew his contract at the end of the year so he could go back to the WWE, spend some time coaching his son. So William Regal still had some time left on his deal. I believe he is making an appearance tonight on Dynamite. And he may still continue to do so to finish out the storyline, but Tony Khan had to pull the trigger, whether it's morally or storyline-wise. His request happened in October before the Toronto shows, and Tony Khan had to consider it. He had to think about it because a lot of people are trying to hemorrhage or, you know, there's speculation about that. And... Uh, he says that William Regal had a lot of good reasons for going back to WWE, especially with his son. Considering where he was with his mother at that point, he said he understood that letting Regal out of his deal in that situation was the best move for them. goes on to say that Tony Khan said that William Regal is uh, with AEW through the holidays, but they're going to make some on-screen appearance sacrifices to help him do the right thing for his family. Because he feels that it's the right thing. So, not only storyline-wise is he trying to do the right thing, he's trying to do so morally, which is something that Vince would never do. Now, let's bring that back to Triple H. 
Wait, wait, where did you hold on real quick? Where did you get that quote from? Because you touched uh, on something with TK's mom that you might want to just mention a little bit as well. Uh, that was from Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful. And just recapping the, the media scrum from today. Yes, recapping the yeah. media scrum from today. And actually, Mr. Rizzo, why don't you touch, touch on uh, the topic of mothers, if you would? Well, just mentioning a little bit before we get to more of the uh, Triple H with some of that. Uh, they had said that TK's mom had been going through some personal stuff a little bit after All Out around the time that Regal had approached them about his contract. And I guess that long story short, um, Tony Khan's mother had multiple strokes over the last couple months. Correct. And he had just been dealing with a lot of stuff. And he is now she is now doing much better. Um, he's really in the holiday spirit he was getting at. That's what I guess was reported in his talk about in the scrum. Um, but I guess that maybe put a little bit more perspective into maybe why allowing him to kind of release Regals from his contract and go work with his family. Um, but that's just kind of maybe how I took the information from everything from the scrum. Um, but yeah, you're correct. There are so many different obstacles that he's come up with that he's worked with and, um, not made, you know, chicken shit in the chicken salad, but he's had just so many problems and just had to overcome where injuries and, you know, people leaving the company and other problems where, you know, the company's still rolling along. They haven't folded he, yet. You know, he's so. still standing. Yeah. I mean, he bloated the roster, so it doesn't matter if people leave. <laughs> yes. It's like, whatever, I'll just throw the next guy in. Sure. Well, the guys that are missing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, consider the CM Punk All Out Brawl Out. They're even making it into a storyline. They're having the elite come out and mock CM Punk, and they're still having fans talk about it. They turn yeah. chicken shit into t- a chicken salad, and you got to give the man credit. Uh, and TBZ, you're absolutely right. Vince would hemorrhage superstars. AEW, Tony Khan picked them up. He was like a greedy little boy finding some candy. And it might turn out to bite him in the ass. As far as production value and, and, and thoughts about roster is concerned, you might have to give that to Triple H. Yeah, I guess the one thing I will criticize Triple H from, because I thought this would change when he took over and it was kind of a Vince thing, was, I guess, false advertising. And it's something I'm going to particular point on or point out with going to live shows for both companies recently. I was just at SmackDown this past weekend, and then I was at AEW, both Rochester and in uh, Buffalo, and they advertise specifically um, a Street Poppets tag team match with the Usos. And not only, and I know card subject to change, but like they like had nothing to do with the Street Poppets. I just don't even think they were there. Um, like it, it wasn't. A, I don't know. It was just wasn't a thing that. It was like there was no mention of trying to do something that was advertised the day before or on TV two days later. And I know it's card subject to change, but that's not how I look at it. AEW always says, well, this is the match. This is what we're going to do. Unless someone gets sick like four hours beforehand, they still tell you, hey, guess what? This person can't make it, and this is the new match. So we're not false advertising the match. Like they don't roll the rug out from under you. Um, and that's yeah. all, that's one thing I hope that will change in the room. Like I knew Roman wasn't going to be there. They never advertised Roman being in the show. I was not disappointed that he was not there, but when they advertise someone and then they just don't have anything close to the match, 
I'm kind of, hey, what, what, what's going on? But that's as much as I'll say on the on that one with the production between the two. There's so many different things we can talk about between the two. I like both companies. I think they're both going up. My perception between the two, maybe I'll just go along between the three of us real quick. My perception of the two companies, like I said, is that AEW is at a slow climb that maybe will one day even be in the stratosphere as WWE. And WWE is, is, crying, is climbing and, and, you know, they're lucky. They're happy to work with everyone below them because I don't see anything going good changing anytime soon. TBZ, CJ, you got what do you got between the two? I, I, well, uh, can I ask, just to clarify, what do you mean between the two? Just so we have a better understanding of what you mean. Well, I guess maybe, like, if you were doing kind of like a Q rating for the two companies between where they are successful media companies, where they're going to grow in general over the next, you know, five. Because, again, WWE kind of dwarfs AEW. They're two billion dollar tv deals with peacock and fox so i know they're kind of like really looking down on aew but as in especially in 50 years of progress but like i don't know that kind of thing as i was looking like where do you see the companies in like five ten maybe 20 years down the road if that's even possible between two of them still there like i know this really has to do with kind of more media and what tv is like but that's just kind of what i'm i'm i'm, I'm generally asking I'll take this, CJ. I said it earlier before. Uh, I think that these two, AEW and WWE, could have a good thing going. <clears throat> I think that they could benefit from being in bed with each other, you know, doing cross promotion. Uh, AEW has a structure that allows them to survive, like you said, with all these hardships because they don't have like a, they're not like, this is our galaxy and then nothing else exists outside of it. They're like, yeah, whatever. We'll go this way. We'll go that way. You know, we do cross promotions all the time, but not WWE. It seems to be like this weird, a forbidden door, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, again, this isn't an apples to apples comparison, obviously, as we have stated, WWE has years and years of experience. AEW is the brand is the new kid on the block. Um, I think they have the potential to be formidable. Uh, I, I don't want to say opponents, but like <clears throat> for brand, excuse me, for brand supremacy, obviously, like they will have to be opponents. But I don't know, AEW. To me, it seems like they're plateauing. They they got a rise, and now they're kind of like, now what do you do? Like, you have growing pains. You have to deal with all this shit. Will you still be around after that? They have to prove themselves. They have. I don't know for how long they have to prove themselves. It's a matter of what happens. But uh, this is going to be a trying couple of years. And I, I, honestly, I'm here to see what will happen. And I hope that they can become not equal, but just on the same footing. If I'm Tony Khan, I'm praying to whoever is up there that Cody Rhodes is still a fan of me, that any olive branch I throw out to WWE, they take. They absolutely need WWE to, to stay relevant and stay alive at this point unless Tony Khan can make sure MJF is under contract continue building very compelling and, and, and interesting storylines and whether the storm that is going to be unfortunate mediocrity and plateauing for a short period of time. They need to build up their stars. They need time to do that. It's still in its infancy. So if you can get anything going with WWE, 
you do it. Okay, they went ahead and they used that regal soundbite, and Tony Khan said, oh, I thought that we were better than that, or something along those lines. Shut your mouth, Tony Khan. You consider that a, a little shot from Triple H saying, I see you, you know, let's go ahead and maybe talk a little bit, and I go ahead and I gobble that opportunity up the second it's given to me. I would also say that if they wanted to compete, some of the things that they, I mean, I wouldn't even know that this if this would be called gimmicky or if this is extra, but like there are little things that you used to notice from when they had started the company that probably they had stopped even looking into because of what happened with the pandemic that were new and different than WWE hadn't done. And there are things like that that they had to continue doing where they had, they randomly lucked into the stadium stampede match. Like that won't happen without the pandemic. So I understand that, but like the stuff that they had where everyone got the bracelets and they reacted to the young bucks, uh, music and the whole crowds like bracelets and stuff lit up at the same time little things like that for production i think would help if they did something different than the other company so we'll just see what we get in the future but yeah we'll just that's just my perception at the moment as much as i love i think i'm still an aew if i have to be labeled an aew guy versus a wwe guy i won't not watch aew or wwe i'm not a screw that i watch both i like both I think I just kind of like some of the stars on some of the on what I got into over the time with AEW. So that's just kind of where I'm at. Um, But yeah, that's just kind of the the overall topic that we joked that we jumped into a little bit. I'll come right out and say it. I'm an AEW guy. Like you said, you know, we watch the history is just there, and I've just been there. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. it, it is my preferred product, but I also do watch SmackDown. I mean, Triple H kind of changed is great. And he really did change stuff. I mean, things are looking good. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. And I'm just surprised that I, I noticed, and it's hard to go into it. I think people who watch the product can tell a difference that, like, we were in a rut watching the product when Vince was in charge. And I'm not saying, like, oh, my God, it's this amazing product. Now Triple H put it just, like, I understand the writing. I understand the production. Things are making sense. I understand what's going on now. And if that was all we needed for WDB to be like better than everyone else, that kind of stinks for AEW, I guess. So yeah, CJ. Now, oh, I just wanted to comment. It's conveniently timed because it's like I felt lost after Brawl Out, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm excited to watch AEW anymore. And WWE's like, we got you, bro. And I was like, thank you, thank you for this hard time. Go absolutely no that you're absolutely right and and it is really great to be interested in one product on one week and another product a little bit more in the other it's a really great thing to have and i hope AEW can keep pumping that out and, and keep that heat up wwe has been doing that with the bloodline they've been relying on it very very hard now think about this AEW still in its infancy kind of a little bit where WCW was at, at some points, Steiny starting to get its legs a little bit. Um, we haven't seen a mega superstar defect from WWE to AEW yet. We have not seen a Randy Orton or the a Forbidden Door. Exactly. <laughs> we have not seen a John Cena. I know that's not going to happen, but a mega star like Holland Nash did. When they were in their prime in WWF, jumping to WCW, Tony Khan has not had that happen yet. And I feel if, like that's going to be the major sticking point if they ever do get a deal going. They go, so your star is coming over to our brand, right? 
invasion. Do they not get credit for some of the start? Because I'm not even going to use guys. Uh, I'm not even going to use guys like Jericho, and I'm not even going to use. Um, uh, oh my God, I'm going blank. On there was somebody else I was going to mention before. Uh, my Omega. main point. John Moxley. Well, Moxley is the big Orange one that I'm Cassidy. talking about. Like, Moxley feels like the big one that I that would cross over. I mean, they had Andrade, they had Malachi, they had Rusev. I was gonna say no, no, no but all those guys don't aren't the big one. But like, I wasn't gonna count Jericho. Jeff Jarrett. I wasn't gonna count um, <laughs> da- Brian Danielson. I actually wouldn't. I would agree with you. He's technically like maybe not in his prime of that. Yeah, he was over. on his way out. But after the hemp belt, it's like whatever, dude. You've, because you've it's how they started the company, and it's not an established company coming in. I would maybe put Moxley in that category. But I then after that, I would agree that if if we're talking about both of the companies established and then someone moving over, we haven't had the big crossover yet. And MJF is going to tease that for an entire year. Uh, and I don't care if you guys hate um, it. Bro, I'm going to love it the entire time. <laughs> Sorry. It's just getting a little stale. I'm like, all right, dude, we get it. He already called you out last week. You're already questioning uh, MJF that you think about boring. He's saying the same stuff. He said that about you last week, and I'm going to love it the entire time. Didn't he say about we just forgot about it? I didn't forget about it. I don't know. Whatever. It's like Carmella. I beat Charlotte twice. It's like, yeah, we get it. All right. What else are you going to do? It's yeah. It's, it's maybe getting some of that real mega heel heat, that annoying heel heat that maybe he's trying to get back. But yeah, maybe. we get it. The bidding war of twenty twenty four. I'm just defying the, the fan base. Half of us, which I believe I'm on one side of, is going to love him digging at the other company as the heel and trying to legit get himself a contract. The other half are going to just hate the fact that he's even talking about the other company in a fake way about trying to get more money on his contract. It's just going to divide the fans right in half. It's not there's fake. one there's, thing there's the AEW... Fake about that. There's nothing fake about what MJF's doing. That is 100% real. He yeah. is jacking up his contract. This is legitimately what he's doing. And Tony and Khan's it, allowing him. And if there's one thing the AEW Galaxy hates, is the existence of the other brand. Oh, absolutely. They despise it. So yeah, it works we just well with the heel. We'll just we're just gonna go from there. So yeah. Now, now when you guys were talking about AEW WWE guys, I would have to mark myself as an AEW guy. I have grown up on the WWE. It's always gonna be something that I watch. I mean, it's I'm always gonna be a wrestling fan, and WWE is the big fish. But AEW needs to weather a storm, and this is what they're doing right now. They've gone through a down year. They're trying their best. They have the elite right now locked up in an angle. With the death triangle, which is fine, but it's it's done. It's redundant. It's the same thing. They're trying to add prestige to the trio's belts, which I which I get, but ah, oh, it just feels like it's is kind every of... championship match going to be a best of seven? I oh, man, I got opinions about this. I do not care for it. No, I mean not every. Not that champ- I hate it, but it's just like I don't care. You know, like. Sure, the first one was great. It, I think, Mr. Rizzo, you were just like, it's like, I don't want any more pizza, please. Please stop. No, see, that's where I would disagree on this altogether, just because of the way that you know it was a setup long series, so you knew that they were going to try to tell a story with the matches, and I actually thought they were going to swerve us 
by not even having seven matches because some of the jokes that we've had in the past have been Milwaukee Bucks in six. Bucks in six. So if they come back and win without even going to the seventh match, it would be kind of fun. How many did the Death Triangle win so far? Two or three? Two. Two. Bucks would sweep and they would still win in six. They would get hated on so much and get that heel heat they need. But they're telling different stuff. The fact that they have so much in that we're going to someone I'm not I'm stealing this from some podcast listen too many so I don't know which one I sorry who I'm taking this from but they're going to have every move scouted. Hey, they've seen you do this again. You've done this twice. I'm going to counter this. Then you're going to counter this. Then the I'm going to counter. Game We're going to get be. to that match. We're just going to be like, we've seen everything. What you got? And I'm once, still, I'm going to be here for it. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm going to hear. Once again, Tony Khan is brilliant. Absolutely. This is a good call to make having uh, seven matches. Each one's going to tell a different story. They're going to go ahead and, and flesh out the death triangle a little bit more. It's a very interesting concept. And, it keeps the elite locked up for seven weeks minimum. Isn't so I'm not setting a precedent though. Like again, are all the matches going to have to be best of seven? I don't I, know. I, There's no way that that's going to be. A we're thing. still been, dealing with def- fallout. They've been defended before in singles matches. This is a one-off. Um, there's no way that they're going to continue to make that a thing. This um, was an easy way to get bucks back in the story after being gone for a little while. And you easily told the story every week of what they were doing. And then you'll go from there with whether they get or don't get the titles. You got to wonder so. how many people uh, looking over the fence are like, oh, look, the EVPs got themselves in a best of seven match. And no one else does. They already won the titles the first time it was ever the, ever put sure, out. So but... it's not like we didn't question that at first. No, but still, they they, they like... Why not give it to a different trios tre- team instead of the elite? You know, and, and by over the fence, I mean like WWE fans, you know, snubbing their nose at AEW. Well, I, I I'll put when 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 AEW started, that's the first thing everyone was expecting. Bucks, Kenny Omega, they're just going to come in and book themselves as the champs, and they didn't really do that for so long. And I've kind of been happy with how they have been booked and where we are now. So I'm I don't know. That's just that's just all I remember, but. I'll, I'll just say that at this point now, though, of the series, it's like they're not necessarily wowing me. But again, I, you know, I'm expecting seven matches. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if you're not getting wowed by those matches. I don't know what you're expecting. Don't watch any more matches. They're awesome. No, it, it's it's like what I said, though. It, it, it feels like it sets a precedent that you now need to do this tournament every so often. That's all. Gotcha. 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 So that was a lot about AEW. And WWE, um, yes, sir. there's more topics that we can get into some other time, which we, you know, we always eventually do. Um, but those are kind of some of the biggest things between the two, uh, at least some of the differences, some of the things I liked and then didn't like. Uh, let's see. What else so do now we I have think right that, now? We that brings have... us up to our NXT minute we talked about this throughout the show you know and triple h being in charge of nxt i believe one of my alleged uh memorable matches which might i add was a four honker i think i said it then as well but like again (coughs) diy gargano versus champa all of this is nxt related stuff and ever since the rebrand of nxt 2.0 i'm just been like i just can't muster myself to watch it but I do enjoy this NXT minute because now I still get to follow along. And when I eventually do go back to it, I can just get back in up to speed. 
Well, uh, so yeah. we we got the NXT P L E, the premium live event this Saturday, which is Deadline Day. I'm sorry, it's just Deadline. I just there's an deadline. inside joke with that, but yeah, Deadline. And uh, yeah, we got that coming up uh, Saturday, and I'm going to give you a little heads up for the go home show for that. And someone to give me a countdown, or I'm sorry, the uh, DJ's got the timer, and I'll ta- I'll count you down. <clears throat> Mr. Rizzo, you are on the clock in three, two, one. NSD starts this week with men's triple threat for the last spot in the Iron Survivor Challenge. Vaughn's best match. Axiom steals a victory, which sets up the ISC for the men with Axiom, Carmelo Hayes, Joe Gacy, JD McDonough, and Grayson Waller. Remember, there's a penalty box. Indusheer and Creed Bros, not yet. Get healthy, boys. Black Hammer and White Lightning. I mean, Apollo Crews and Braun Breaker go out fishing. Mine fell harder. Mine are the deadest. The Don of NXT is back. Tony D'Angelo and Dijak looking to take the North American Championship away from Wesley. Wendy Chu found her eyelashes, but not a victory. The last spot for the ladies in the ISC goes to Indy Hartwell. She joins Zoe Stark, Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, and Kiana James. Pretty Deadly has a Christmas story to tell and they talk about their bulging sacks of presents. After which, everyone after they wish everyone a Merry Christmas, they're interrupted by the New Day, and they want a match at the NXT Tag Titles at Deadline. Wait, was that? You said New Day? The New Day is it. What? It's going to face that pretty deadly for the Tag Titles. The new day, uh, the new day ends it at 108. We are getting there. It might have been a close 107. We are getting that down. We're going second by second, baby. We're getting it. We're getting. We're it. getting there. We're getting there. Awesome. Well, that's mm. a lot of wrestling we've talked about today. Uh, we got that NXT minute in. Always loved it. Uh, was it Wendy Chu founder? Uh, her uh, eyelash. Eyelashes. <laughs> she got hit so hard last week that she her eyelash was stuck onto her cheek so this week her <laughs> eyelashes were back but it didn't matter she lost a triple threat to indy hartwell um, isn't she like the orange Hank cassidy Allen. of nxt anyway uh, yes and no i like know lazy you know, whatever if you want to agree with how cj feels about both of those wrestlers maybe <laughs> yeah. not quickly, but at one point then yes they are the same wrestler that's my that's my joke i just want to go sour boy it's weird like i think (laughs) cj would we maybe agree on this if she didn't have the gimmick that had to do with sleeping yeah do you think you'd like wendy chu yeah probably the gimmick is ridiculous she might not be that bad we'll see what happens when that changes so that's just where we're at so i understand i got you I just want to put it out there for our fans that I loved NXT Minute last week. Reggie me this. <laughs> Reggie me this. And, oh, my God. I didn't even put it in here this week, but he did something similar where he's just sitting at a table and he's writing a riddle. And it's just bad. It's, it's like, <laughs> like what's happening? vignettes we saw before are nothing than what we're getting now with him. And it's just bad. Like I said, yeah. last week, he looked like he was a mascot for Buff State. It just it just didn't look. The, it was weird. It's just I don't know. But yeah, so that was fun. We got that recap. Hopefully we'll do more. We'll watch the pay-per-view and then maybe we'll recap some more. Suicida looking forward to. Tope Suicida! And uh, he... T-
TBZ, you're excited to talk about something you're looking forward to. What do you What do you got? What do you got? Well, you know, it was a little weird. I'll, just a little detour. It was a little weird watching wrestling and, you know, not making notes for the recap. I was just kind of like, oh, this episode is not going to be about what I watched this week. It's just kind of going to be well, whatever. What was that? Quitter. Just because <laughs> we weren't talking about it, I just stopped doing notes altogether. No, I still no, oh, no. I, I turned them in for extra credit. I still do notes. That's how I came across my tope. I actually, earlier in the episode, I was like, I don't have a tope. What did I watch this week? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to steal Spence's. He said this a couple of weeks back. Willow Nightingale. She was on Rampage, and I got to watch her match, and just like, she's a breath of fresh air. She's fun. Just, right? Like, that entrance, I was just like, I'm ready. All right. <laughs> it's like her vibe, too, and I'm just like, uh, like, I feel like I should hate this, but I'm all in. And yeah, she won her match. So uh, watch out for her. I want to say I find it funny that uh, she her like she seems like she's confused on her font for her like name up on the screen because it's like this fluffy willow and then 2000s death metal band font nightingale. And I'm like, what? That's very juxtaposed. I think that's exactly what she's going for. Look, I'm light and pretty. I'm going to beat your face in. Uh, yeah, so she I enjoyed her. She's to be Jade Cargill. That's all I'm saying. I, uh, I, timing. Like, if she faces her next week, no way. But if you let this grow, if you let, if you give her momentum, we could see Maybe. a good match we'll out see. of her we'll for see. the TBS belt for sure. So I'm going to go with my tope with this week's uh, premium live event of Deadline with the new match that WWE is putting out for us. Uh, I guess the rules of the match are there's five people, five men or five ladies, who two people are going to start in the match. Every five minutes they're going to they're gonna start or they're going to add someone in it. And then the countdown goes up to 25 minutes with whoever has the most falls wins. And then if you disqualify or get like a penalty, your goal is in the penalty box for 90 seconds. So the interesting thing I noticed on this match is that there's only there's going to be one person that enters the match that only has 10 minutes to get as many pins as possible, whereas one or two guys are going to get full 25 minutes to get more. So the, the guy who goes in last or the woman that goes in last is kind of at a disadvantage. Uh, I don't know what the penalty box is going to come into play, but... That's the setup of the match that I'm interested in, and we'll see how it goes. They got two choices. They got two chances at it, um, and I don't know. We'll see what it looks like. Is this intergender? You keep saying uh, man or lady. There's, there's a male two match matches. There's a women's, female. and then there's a okay. There's two. A men's. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're leaving yes. for the Holy Spirit. I got it. <laughs> and I think I was correct last week in my tope when I said I am. I am saying the tope for the Iron Survivor match is one week too early. I was absolutely right about that. Now, I do have my tope suicida of the week. Um, it is not Alberto Del Rio possibly oh, opening. I was no, no, no. That. It is not him possibly opening a Mexican-themed restaurant in San Antonio, Texas named Talk About It. Yet in Talk <laughs> About It, Alberto Del Rio is fucking clever. But no, it is actually going to be MJF upping the ante. At this point, we need to keep an eye out for MJF to see what he is going to do to continue to garner this heel heat that he is so desperately in need of or craving at this point. Uh, he is going to have to really up the stakes, and we're going to see what happens between him and Ricky Starks uh, coming up soon. Yeah, I just hope my DVR worked today 
I think there might have been something up with it where it might not have recorded Dynamite. So uh, I hope we get to see, or hope I get to see, whatever he did today. If he added on to that story, like CJ said. I'm sure you'll find I'm excited about MJF to see what we get. Um, But yeah, that was our show this week. Um, Maybe we'll recap Deadline next week maybe we'll recap the, there's only four matches we'll talk about the way the new matches sh- uh, set up um i mean i'm down to get in on nxt and this might be a good way i'll be like all right I'm you're gonna, gonna have new day on the card so there's why not if i was like new day eh? yeah i actually don't know Are the they time of the baylor and going back to nxt for a minute uh, apollo cruz is on the card remember you get to right. see, black, see he's got familiar faces black like, hammer and white lightning I know CJ liked that. Love I know that. CJ love loved that. that. Absolutely love that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, a lot, we'll, a lot we'll, of good we'll stuff. We'll let you guys know out on the social feeds at uh, Wrestling Honks on the Twitter or Honk if you love wrestling at gmail.com. Hit us and, up. Uh, yeah. See you again. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Our pager numbers. Wait. Wait. Honk. Honk. Honk.